Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital. Hello, Katie. How's it going? Oh, hey, Keith. It's going pretty well. Just, you know, social distancing still. That's how we do. <laughs> I would say like, oh, did you go anywhere this weekend? See any cool shows? You're like, yeah, I saw my backyard. Yes, I did. And thank God for having a backyard is what I have to say about being in L.A. right now. Um, well, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news about The weekend taking over the top of both the Billboard 200 Albums chart and the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, as well as a major chart achievement for the late, great Kenny Rogers. Plus, we've got news on what has become the new normal. That is at-home live streams and performances from your favorite artists and how we're only going to see more of them in the coming days and weeks. And we've got an interview with the amazing Adam Lambert, friend of the podcast, Adam Lambert, by the way. He joins us to talk about his new album, Velvet, and how he thinks it can provide a great escape to folks who are also in quarantine mode at home right now, just like him. So stay tuned for that in just a bit. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. Okay, let's do the chart chat. Uh, first up on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, The Weeknd scores his fourth number one album as After Hours charges in at number one with the biggest week of the year for an album as the set earned 444,000 equivalent album units in the week ending March 26th in the United States, according to Nielsen Music MRC data. Uh, the weekend also sees all 14 of the album's songs occupy space on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, including the number one slot as the album's Blinding Lights rises from number two to number one, bumping Roddy Rich's The Box from the top wow. after 11 weeks in charge. Hey, The Box Top. Box Top? <laughs> Never mind. Um, meanwhile, the weekend's former number one Hot 100 hit, Heartless, zooms back up the list, rising 16 to 4. Well, uh, it's crazy that the Roddy Rich uh, domination ha- has ended because we w- really weren't sure when it was going to. So yeah, well, now, surprise. <laughs> I guess the next question is whether the weekend is going to hold on to number one next week. I think he's going to do everything he can to pull that off. Uh, as I as I wrote uh, in in a forecast story on Monday, he has more than ninety different merchandise bundles that you can buy on his website that come with the album. Of course, all those merchandise bundles, you can also buy the merchandise on its own without the album. You know, for by the way, customers, I'm just giving you a tip just there. FYI. FYI. <laughs> when you go to these web stores, do read the fine print. You can always buy that piece of merchandise on its own for cheaper. Um, but and he also added three songs to the album uh, on Monday morning at 12 a.m. He added three new bonus songs that hadn't that weren't on the album in its first week. He's kind of pulling a little Uzi Vert, but in a miniature version. Uh, this way, like Little Uzi Vert two weeks ago, basically deluxed his album in its second week, and then he ended up spending a second week at number one. So I think The weekend could hold on at number one. Um, I don't, I, I kind of have a guesstimate as to what his forecast could be in terms of units. I'm thinking maybe 100,000 units in its second week. 
but I don't know. That could be very, very fluid. <laughs> so check back on Billboard.com in the, few, in the next few days. Um, but there were also a number of significant albums that came out last Friday that are all looking to make waves near the top of the tally next week. Uh, we've got Friends of the Podcast, Five Seconds of Summer, with their new album, Calm. Uh, Pearl Jam's Gigaton, friend of the podcast, Dua Lipa and her new album, Future Nostalgia, not to mention new efforts from Party Next Door, Joyner Lucas, Jesse Reyes, among others. It's a very, very as, busy week. As expected, I have been listening to basically exclusively the Dua Lipa album since it came out. Shock. Shock. <laughs> I've, I've seen nothing but glowing, positive things about uh, Future Nostalgia, and I'm super, super stoked for Dua. It is so fun. Um, before we leave the chart chat, I want to point out how the late Kenny Rogers is number one on the Top Country Albums chart for the first time since 1986, as his greatest hits album, The Best of Kenny Rogers Through the Years, which was released actually in 2018, debuts at number one on the chart with 32,000 units earned. The album also debuts at number nine on the all-genre Billboard 200, which is his first top 10 on that list since 1983. So uh, Katie's former uh, duet partner, Kenny, (laughs) is uh, back on the charts this week. Well, and according to your counterpart, Gary Trust, he also has the top two best-selling digital songs of the week as well. That's right. Yeah. The Gambler and Islands in the Stream. So it's, yeah, I'm, fans are clearly listening. Well, before uh, that news broke and before the coronavirus pandemic struck, we would have been right here between two award show weekends while recording this week's show with the iHeartRadio Music Awards scheduled for this past Sunday, March 29th, and the Academy of Country Music Awards set for this coming Sunday, April 5th. Um, obviously, both of those were postponed because of coronavirus concerns. And instead, we got the iHeart Living Room Concert for America on Fox this past Sunday, which was hosted by Elton John from his home, of course, or a sure. home. <laughs> and oh, yeah, featured... how many homes does he have? Exactly. <laughs> and featured performances by Billie Eilish and Phineas, Camila Cabello and Shawn Mendes, Alicia Keys, Sam Smith, Demi Lovato, Mariah Carey, and many more, all raising money for Feeding America and First Responders Children's Foundation. Uh, one of the major highlights, at least for me, and you know, I'm boy. Oh, band I saw fan. it too. I thought it was pretty cool. Oh yeah, was uh was the Backstreet Boys, uh, all five members in their respective homes, combining for a performance of "I Want It That Way," um, which they just really masterfully edited together, considering all the different spaces these you know men were coming from, and uh, you know, it was a very cute nod to social distancing while also, you know, raising money for a great cause. Yeah, uh, Kevin had his uh, had two kids with him uh, in the <laughs> shot too, which I thought was pretty cute. No, it's all, it was it was I thought they did a really nice job with that for sure. And then this weekend, we have ACM presents Our Country on CBS, which is uh, full disclosure produced by our sister company Dick Clark Productions, and that is going to be a 2-hour special featuring remote performances from country music's biggest stars. So that was going to be where the Academy of Country Music Awards aired this coming Sunday, um, which has now been moved to September. Um, so this, the Sunday show will include performances by Luke Bryan, Miranda Lambert, Tim McGraw, Shania Twain, Carrie Underwood, Keith Urban, and many, many more, plus duets between Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani and uh, brand new collaborators Kane Brown and John Legend, who just released a song together last week called Last Time I Say Sorry. Um that all goes down at 8 p.m. Actually, I'm curious with those. Two, uh, I'm assuming Blake and Gwen are quarantining together, but really <laughs> thinking that Kane and John aren't. So they're probably going to have to yeah, work yeah, some no. backstreet magic on that one as well. And 
Unless Chrissy has let Kane move in with her and John, which seems right. unlikely. <laughs> it does seem unlikely. I mean, unlikely. I think I think Kane has his own family or a a a, a he significant does, he other. He has a new and he has a new either a new baby. A new baby, or, right? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. they just had a baby. Otherwise, I could say you know Kane could come be the manny for the legends or something. Sure, but you know, sure. <laughs> so that all goes down at 8 p.m. Eastern, and that is not airing uh, live in LA. So it's 8 p.m. Eastern and Pacific Sunday night on CBS. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a nice way to get to see our faves, even though, you know, things have turned kind of upside down. Keith, did you happen to tune in for Sunday night show or been watching any of these live streams that, you know, all these musicians have been doing on their own social media? I mean, I haven't been watching that many cause there's, there's a million oh of them. Oh my gosh, there's a lot. Cause it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of too much. Um, I mean, God love, God love folks for trying to, you know, reach out, but, you know, it can be overwhelming. I did, I did hear some of, I actually heard it on the radio. I was uh, running groceries on Sunday night and I heard some of the show, the iHeart show um, uh, on the radio and I thought it sounded great. And I saw some of the clips of it as well. I think it's creative, but I think I wonder kind of how long this will last in terms of sort of the novelty of it. Um, But we shall see. Well, now. Let's move on, and uh, because now it's time for our interview with Adam Lambert. Uh, we caught up with Adam recently, of course, from home, practicing social distancing, uh, to chat about his new album, Velvet. The funky, groovy, and kind of throwbacky album harkens back to sort of the disco era, but is still very fresh-sounding. And Adam talks about how he really didn't want to do a trendy album, uh, and not sort of get sucked into the hustle of it all, as he says, by doing something that's super commercial. Ultimately, he says he hopes the album wraps people up like a warm, velvety hug. So uh, take a listen to our interview with Adam Lambert. Wanna rock something in my own kind of way Like it's tailor-made for me Think I found Welcome back to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. Adam Lambert, how are you? Hey, hey! <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so good to have you back on the show, and it was, it was meant, this was meant to be done in a different way. Quite honestly, you and I were supposed to be in the Billboard office together, sitting across a table from one another, and here we are, probably in our houses. Uh, this was not the way it was meant to be. How are you holding up right now in this sort of crazy time? I'm doing all right. Um, you know, I I was very lucky that I, I have some friends staying with me that that moved in about a month ago, and. So at least I'm not having to go through this by myself. That that's been really nice. Um, and of course, I have my little dog, which is great because I've been on tour, so I haven't spent a lot of time with him over the last few months. So so far, so good. I mean, I, I guess it's really a question of how long is this going to last. I think that's the question on everybody's minds. Um, well, I mean, you have a new album. <laughs> Amidst all this, you have a brand new album, Velvet. Movies are being pushed back and tours are being postponed did you think for a second hmm should i postpone the album should i delay it a little bit or were you like let's just go full steam because music is music and we need music right now well yeah i mean i I think i asked the question and i'm like should we just postpone this but it it, you know all the wheels were already in motion it didn't seem like it, it was too late you know what i mean and also yeah i mean i think that's kind of the conclusion i came to with my team is people are home they're gonna be bored they're going to be restless. They're looking for something to do. And I think Velvet as, a, as an album is very, um, it provides a great escape. It's a, it's a, it's its own world. It's its own sound. And, 
and hopefully people take a second to check out the whole album. You know, you can actually sit down and listen to it from beginning to end. What was your kind of mission with the album when you went into kind of the writing and recording of it? Did you have kind of like this full concept in mind or did it kind of come to you as you kind of went along and were kind of jamming with songs? Like what was the initial kind of thought process into going to the making the album? It, you know, I, I think I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do at the very beginning. I I just started writing with people that I knew that I had met along the way over the years. Um, I kind of started the process on my own, to be honest with you. And I, I actually, the very first thing that I wrote was Love Don't. It, it's a song I wrote with my friend Joe, who, who wrote on my last album as well. And, and we got Taylor in London and wrote this song. And it's interesting that that's been the one that's been on the shelf the longest um, because it, it sat there and I, and I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And I got together with another couple of producers. And I think once I, once we did superpower, I think that was sort of the song that made me go, okay, I think I know what direction to take the rest of this project. Um, I knew that I wanted to do something that wasn't necessarily overly, reflective of like what everyone else was doing at the time you know i didn't want to like just be trendy i didn't want to follow i wanted to do my own thing i wanted to do music that i loved that i wanted to get on stage and perform and that sounds very simple and kind of obvious for an artist but it's really easy in this business to get sort of like sucked into the hustle of it all you know and and being commercial and being marketable and you know what's cool right now and it's really easy to get sidetracked and so this project i i really forced myself to sort of insulate my creativity and sort of tune out all the outside forces and just think about what i love about music and and also on my personal journey what do i want to say to my fans and that's really what came out in these songs you know, it's funny, you mentioned Love Don't, and I thought it was interesting how, and you said you, you said that it was one of the songs that's sort of been kind of in the vault, so to speak, the, the, the Lambert vault for the longest, because the, the album had sort of an interesting way that you kind of um, released portions of it uh, to fans over time, because you had released the Side A EP first, which is sort of, I mean, kind of like half of the current album, you kind of did it in pieces, and there were some singles that came out, and... I think by my count, I feel like there's sort of two songs that we maybe fully haven't heard yet. And one of those is Love Don't. Uh, Why did you want to kind of release the album in this way and kind of give it out in sort of uh, pieces and bites uh, leading up to kind of like the full unveil? What was the thought process behind doing it that way? Um, I think, you know, I think the full unveil, the full album, you know, fanfare is something that is classic and traditional and you know we all love it you know and i know and i think my fans in particular are are fans that'll go out and and they want a copy of the album but we also have to kind of keep in mind that it's 2020 now and everyone is most people are consuming their music streaming technology man it's a hell of a thing (laughs) yeah and it's and and people's attention spans are naturally a bit shorter so I don't know. I think I had songs ready. I knew I didn't have the whole album ready, but I had songs ready and I just wanted to get them out there. Um, and also to kind of build this little world that I, that I wanted to live in sonically and fashion wise and all the references that I'm, I'm leaning on, on this album, like the style of it all. It takes a second to kind of climb into, I think for, for everybody. And, and I wanted to build more time for that. Um, 
And yeah, there's actually there's actually going to be three. There's three that you haven't heard. Oh yet well, crap. On the new album, I'm... it's Velvet, Love Don't, and On the Moon. See, well, that brings me to Velvet then, uh, the title track. <laughs> good, good save there, Keith. Um, well, in Velvet, when like the the basically the first lines, the first thing you say, kind of sort of, um, I think, sets up the whole project. You know, you you sing, I've been feeling uh, nostalgic. Uh, you say, I think it's time for a throwback to remind me how to fall in love. Um, so I th- yep. did, were you, were you kind of conscious, like I need to kind of like ease people into this album with this kind of greeting to the masses and say, here's what I'm doing. So, you know, or was that you just saying, or, or were you even thinking of it that way? Well, the, 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 the song Velvet was actually written later on. So I had, I had written most <laughs> of the songs already. Oh, well then no, and it totally Vel- didn't work out that way. Yeah. Yeah, and, Vel, and and I was sitting in there in the in the room writing with 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 these um, these co-writers, and I was telling them about the project, and I played a lot of the songs that I had for it already. And then I said, you know, I don't have a title track. I had already come up with Velvet as the name of the album, but um, we didn't have a, a title of, uh, a title track. And so, actually, the 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 gentleman that produced the song Velvet, um, his name's Busby, and he unfortunately and tragically passed away um last year from brain tumors uh and it was a very sudden passing um i think he had finished the song just a few months before his diagnosis so um i just wanted to mention that because it it was a real treat to be able to work with him and he was a he was very good at what he did and a lovely guy and um yeah it's it's just an example of of somebody who's taken too soon and and this song is a measure of, of his artistry. I mean, he was brilliant. So side note, um, he actually was the one that said, you need to do a title track. And I said, Oh, okay. Um, I will do that. Um, good idea. <laughs> you had, and you hadn't, so you, had, it and, you hadn't thought of that until he suggested it. Not really. No. I mean, I, I, it, but the minute he suggested it, I said, ah, brilliant. Yeah, you're right. I should do that. So I'm wondering, I don't know if you've, you saw the story that Billboard had up recently. We, we posted like a week or two. Like all around the same time, uh, Lady Gaga dropped Stupid Love. Uh, Timberlake and SZA had their new song. There's the new Doja Cat track. Um, and then, you know, disco. you have, yeah, you have, you have your album, which all have echoes of sort of dance and disco, but in a very modern flair. And radio has been really receptive to these kinds of sounds right now in a world that is very dominant with like hip hop. And I was just, I just wanted to know your take on, on how you, you know, what do you think is happening right now with radio kind of being a little bit more embracing of, of sort of dance disco kind of music? I think there's something kind of undeniable about the a disco kind of approach. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's infectious. It's, it's something that like the minute a good groove comes on, your body will move to it. And I think, especially in the times we're in right now, people need a little escape yeah, and a little yeah. joy. Um, and, and I also think there's a nice cross-section of um, w- disco is where like dance meets soul and funk. And <clears throat> I think it's, it's a good time for that right now because I think people um, have been really leaning into like R&B is like in, in a really good spot right now. Everybody is more in a soulful place. Um, and then you put that type of energy onto a dance beat and you have sort of like a nostalgic disco song. So I'm excited. I, I'm excited to see where it 
it goes um, and to be a part of that wave. Yeah, I mean, I'm I this is total side note, but I'm so super stoked right now because I love sort of pop dance music. That's my jam. That's why I love your album so much. That's why I'm I'm living for Dua Lipa's new album. Um, I just for like so long, like it seems like everything kind of goes in waves where like we have this like big explosion of pop. And then it kind of subsides for a while when suddenly culture thinks that we should be listening to something else. I mean, it's always there, obviously. Like, people make music however they want to make music. But I think it's great that it's kind of having this resurgence in a way where it still seems fresh and modern and delightful and fun. And I'm just very, very fun. happy. Yeah, as a, as... I think people I think people, people need to be lifted up. Yeah. And that's, I mean, especially right now. And that's, you know, that's like I was saying, like the album it's it's playful even even when the lyrics are a bit more melancholy it still has like a beat to it you know so hopefully it's cathartic for people hopefully in this time of strange isolation and 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 estrangement (laughs) (laughs) and social distancing hopefully putting this on you know it, it wraps you up like a warm velvety hug you can put on some funky clothing and dance around the house you know put some Glitter on, get on your live stream, <laughs> and have a party. And now that we're talking about like live streams from home, and everyone seems to be doing them, is this? Are you kind of looking at like, you know, the normal promo run that you would be doing, and and maybe shows and and appearances and stuff, which all that sort of has to be kind of thrown up in the air right now. What what have you been thinking about? What's going to happen with you in the next few months in terms of kind of promoting the album and and kind of bringing it to the fans, like? What are you thinking about doing that is going to be different than what you probably had initially planned? Well, thank God for technology, because we're, you know, if this had happened 10 years ago, it would be much stranger. I think we're able to connect with each other in a way now that we didn't have before. Um, and, And that being the case, I think there's lots of artists that are looking at, you know, their canceled tours, myself included, and and kind of go, okay what can we do to sort of make it up to people and, and to fill that, that space that's missing now. And obviously going to a live concert, you can't compare that to anything else. You can't recreate that on the phone, but you know, it's, it's like the consolation prize. It's like the best we have right now. And in, in some ways it's, it's, it's more direct. So, you know, hopefully people will understand that that's what's going on and, I know all my fans have seemed very understanding and, and, and obviously self, like safety and health comes way first. Um, that is the priority. Everyone needs to stay protected. And, um, but in the meantime, let's entertain each other. Let's, you know, let's connect the best way we know how. We have to close the doors to our house. Fine, but pick up your phone. You know, we have all this technology. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, gosh darn it! Yeah, come on! Yeah, we can we can we can still have a a, a gosh darn good time because you know what? Exactly. As as Madonna once said, music makes the people come together. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and live live streaming is the new going out. So yeah, you know. <laughs> exactly. Let's make that a thing. I think it already is a thing. Um, yeah, this has been delightful. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, much success with the album. I can't wait to see you at some point live and in the flesh whenever we're allowed to go outside again. Um, <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> yeah. And uh, take care, all right? All right. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Adam. Bye. All I got was roses. Don't mean a thing without emotions. Baby, let's do it live. Focus. Thank you so 
much, Adam. Uh, make sure to check out his brand new album, Velvet Now, uh, on whatever uh, con- conveyance of music consumption you enjoy. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> uh, and now it's time for the chart set of the week. Fifty-five years ago this week, the Supremes topped the Billboard Hot 100 chart with Stop in the Name of Love. It was their fourth of 12 number ones, and Stop hit number one on the chart dated March 27th and spent a second week atop the list on April 3rd. Now, the Supremes' 12 number ones is a record for an American group, and among all acts, they are tied for the fifth most number ones with Madonna. Ahead of them, Michael Jackson with 13, Rihanna with 14, Mariah Carey with 18 number ones, and The Beatles with a record 20. The Supremes' final number one came in 1969 with Someday We'll Be Together, which also happened to be the final single uh, from the group with Diana Ross amongst the trio. She would embark on her own solo career after that and capture six number ones of her own as a soloist. So there you have it this week in 1965. The Supremes were on top with Stop in the Name of Love. We've reached the end of our big show. I was just in my head. I'm like, was it really 55 years ago or did I do math wrong? That was 55 (laughs) years ago, right, Katie? Oh, good. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Thank God. Um, Any parting words? (laughs) Um, Well, let's see. You know, it's funny. My husband set up a little like work at home desk for me and he joked that I should hang my Justin Timberlake poster behind me from the office oh you should it'll be just like you you've had like you know that'll be nice yeah i mean it's, it feels like i'm gonna be here for a little bit so might as well spruce it up yeah i'm like pretend like it's gonna be kind of you're gonna be your office for a good long while because we don't know um okay so what song should we go out on something from justin oh i mean can we just do his new song with SZA? Other yeah. is it other side right is that's what it's called other side <laughs> i'm gonna mess it up now <laughs> A yeah, wise just Justin Timberlake fan. Yes, it's called The Other Side, I believe. Yeah. All right, see you guys next time. Bye. Bad boy, see it.